0: back to the Chasing Sunday podcast. Hello, friends. Hello, my name is Brian Davis. My name is Paul Romick Levitt. And we're just a couple of guys that like talking about a couple, of guys, <laughs> a couple of guys who are up to no good. Definitely. Uh, we started making trouble in a neighborhood. And <laughs> uh, we had this, <laughs> this guy, this Keep guy got going. in a fight with us. And then next thing we knew, like his mom, Sent him away to live with his aunt and uncle that's on right. the West Coast. Yes. Um, Bell, Bell, some Bell Air. Bell Air, it was. So anyway, all that to say, we're the ones that are responsible for the fresh for the, the fresh prince. Air. Um, because we were a couple of guys who were up to no good. So it's strange that we made it. They
1: made that story that started with a couple of rural white guys. Yeah. about um black families in Philadelphia. Yeah, well,
0: but you know that's
1: America for you. <laughs> So... Oh man, we, we are off the great. We start. Have,
0: we have gone off the rails right away. Yep. Um, anyway, we uh we hope you've been uh, enjoying this uh, this season where we are unpacking uh, some of the core tenets of what we call the green room. It's a, a coaching and spiritual formation platform that we are working on uh, to help worship leaders uh, get off the treadmill, find some uh, some spiritual health and some uh, some sanity in the midst of all this craziness. Um, and we thought that uh, taking some time, uh, during the podcast, um, and, and, and kind of carving out this season to talk about those things would be helpful and, and also just, um, get, get some of these ideas out and start percolating in your percolating or percolating, percolating, percolating. Yeah. And I would say if you're
1: just starting here with episode four, uh, which we'll be talking about the heart, um, I recommend going back checking out the, the first few, first three episodes in uh, this season. Mm-hmm. So you have a little bit of a context for what we're talking about, because we're talking about this coaching platform that we've developed called the Green Room. And the Green Room is that place. Again, it's a, it's a space that often happens in a theater or in a church. That's off the stage, It's stage adjacent, um, but you're not on stage, but you're kind of close to it. And so you're in some sort of community of creatives or artists, uh, musicians that are putting together uh, programming for a uh, a church, the local church. And um, there's a lot of pitfalls that happen that are associated with Christian ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, we can get often trapped in the what we call the cycle of works um, which is not new to many people it's just it's just that 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 uh, sort of treadmill we get on to try and get significance in our life to try and earn acceptance to try and find something that will sustain us and ultimately it continues to wear us out and drive us deeper in the ground and in the green room we really try and reverse that to what we call the cycle of grace. And the cycle of grace is really sort of um, framed uh, by these four pillars. And we talk about the soul. We talk about the uh, heart. (sighs) And then we talk about the mind and our strength. And that's all comes from the Shema, that early ancient Jewish prayer. um, That was the really framing – how God's relationship to people was going to look like. Um so if if you need a little refresher that's that's what I just did. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, and you can you can take a deeper dive if you go back to yes. those uh, earlier episodes from season three, um, where we uh, where we do talk about sort of the overall uh, structure of this thing, and then and then we dig in a little bit more into the soul. And we had a great uh, a great guest in Dr. Todd Ferguson, um, and so uh, and now we're picking up again uh, with this second pillar, um, the heart. And yeah. um, when we talk about the heart, it's uh, almost as difficult as talking about the soul Um, because uh, these things are not um, are not really they're they're not quantifiable they're not like we can't we can't take these things and put them on the table and and Pull them apart and examine them in the same way that we can say like a a strategic plan for your ministry yeah. or you know those those more practical things like it's not like sitting down and, and having someone show you you know chord structures on a guitar or you know how to how to use Planning Center for scheduling and all that kind of stuff. These are really. Um, nebulous it's it's that internal work that, that is really hard to uh, to to put your, your finger on and, and really determine um you know if you're if you're doing these things right, if you're doing these things wrong, if you're you know if you're not doing them at all, like um and, and so we thought but but these are the things that nobody talks about that much. And I think it's because it's complicated. I right. mean
1: we, we think about okay you may have gone to seminary or didn't go to seminary, but you read books, either way. There's philosophers and theologians who, for hundreds of years, have had their own spin on it. Right. On what is the soul? What is our heart? What are we talking about? Yeah. How do we interpret um, what we see as of these concepts in scripture? Because um, that there's a lot to pa- to unpack, and it can mm-hmm. be pretty confusing yeah. as well. Uh, and and we can kind of get lost. And you can you can spend a long time in one direction believing one thing. Yeah that scripture may say about the heart and then realize, oh, it, it doesn't say that at all, right? You know, and right. that can be disorienting, confusing. Mm-hmm. um, and, and it creates a lot of anxiety because there's a lot of mixed messages about what the heart is, why it matters to mm-hmm. human beings. I think we all know it from a, a real deep intuitive sense. Yeah. Like that we have a heart, that it's more than just the biological, like blood pumping you know, organ in our bodies. But right. when we're talking about the heart, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, uh, this nebulous,
0: ambiguous, mm-hmm. spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so Paul, let's, uh, let's start off by, by talking about some of the, by unpacking some of those myths Yeah. about what the heart is and isn't. Um, and you know, a lot of people think like, oh, we're talking about the heart, you know, uh, this is going to be it's all about, you know, emotion right. and all the like feel good, yeah. you know, squishy stuff. Like yeah. what what comes to mind when you when you hear somebody make that that kind of either argument yeah. or or talk about the heart in that way?
1: Yeah, I feel like I have two sides, um, two audiences, two voices that come up come at me and one is sort of like from my christian upbringing and one is what i hear from wider culture and from my christian upbringing is that um the scripture that gets pulled out of context it gets used it says you know Distrust your heart. The, mm-hmm. the heart is deceitful above all things, mm-hmm. you know. And um, But it also needs to, like, guard your heart, you know. Right. Invite Jesus, Invite into, Jesus your into your heart. Invite Jesus into your heart.
0: What does that mean? Right. <laughs> like, God, you know, if, you, if, I, if I trust in the Lord, he will give me the desires of my heart. Oh, man, it's like, all over. Wait, A man so, after God's own like, heart. David. It's like was, David. Yeah. Like, so what... What is it? What are we like, talking what? about? <laughs> Which one is it? Is yes. it this horrible, filthy, you know, gross thing that that will always lead me astray? Or is it this place where Jesus wants to dwell? Right, you right. Know? And so, then like
1: on the other side of things, it is uh, – it seems like the, the heart uh, from wider culture is the unimpeachable sp- – Source of authority. Mm. Follow your heart. Mm. Your heart will tell you the truth. You know, in relationships, it's just like, well, what does your heart tell you? Right. And at the same time, that is also BS because <laughs> it's like, um, and I would say not just from a Christian perspective, but definitely from every from a lot of great thinkers and different spiritual de- traditions, say you can't completely trust your own desires right like uh, a life following your desires will end in very quick death mm. and very you know or very a lot of destructive relationships and all that kind of stuff so um it can't be just about emotions it's not just about like um like it sort of shares the same landscape as your dreams like follow your dreams right. and follow your heart like right. you could almost interchange those two things and so there's nothing there, there, you know, to actually get a sense of what we're looking for. And I think when I'm asking questions of my heart, I don't know, this is just me. I'm starting to ask questions about myself. Mm. I'm trying to go like, what drives me? What's motivating me? You know, what I feel like there is this engine that is pushing me to, the things that I'm attracted to or or big noble ideas or concepts in my life that I want to um, make more of a, a centerpiece in my time, in my energy, mm-hmm. you know, those sort of things. And is that what we're talking about when we're talking about the heart? Uh, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like how you make that that distinction because, you know, when we talk about the soul – we were talking about a lot of really core, like, identity stuff, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that – you know who you are is uh, you know you're a child of god um, you were created by and and loved by god um, and and i think that what y- you may have just stumbled upon an actually pretty good definition of heart is that being it, that sort of engine that motor that motivation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that that drives us forward and and what i think you know, gets lost in, you know, when we just flat out say like the heart is deceitful above all things, you know, and that, you know, you can't trust your heart and all that kind of stuff. Well, probably not because sometimes that motor, that engine, those desires, those things are going to take us in, you know, in directions that maybe we don't want to go. Well,
1: well, and I think, you know, if we keep on that metaphor of the motor, it is mm-hmm. like a car that's got all gas, no brake, right. and no steering wheel. Right. Right. It's only going to propel you right. forward, and there are other tools you're going to need right, for your life to be able to, like, orchestrate or direct – the fuel, the passion, the the forward motion right. of your heart, um, and left to its own devices, it's it you know, it's it's a hammer and everything is a nail kind right. of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it can be very, very destructive. Um mm-hmm. both for, you know, <laughs> both for your vehicle but also for you know all of the things around you that you are just bashing into yeah. all the time
1: and i think about think about that like if you have no brakes if you have no steering wheel and you just are following your heart think about the other people in that car with you oh right they're yeah. they're scared shitless <laughs> you know and and they don't know where this thing is going right and um that's and that's where it can be- become Obviously, none of these things um, stay in these nice, tidy. Boxes, right? They um everything is about
0: everything. It kind of bleeds everything into <laughs> everything, everything is about everything. That's, that that <laughs> sounds very very Buddhist of you. Um, yeah, I I was reminded as you were as you were mentioning that uh, you know it's a before before memes were a thing. Um, what people would do is they would take you know pithy little phrases and they would print them out. Uh, or cut them out of a newspaper and post them on the refrigerator. And one of the ones that's that true. my mom had was, <laughs> "When I die, I want to go peacefully, like my grandfather did, not screaming like the passengers in his car." <laughs> <Yes>. So, <laughs> oh, it's man. Like, yeah. So the early memes. Yeah, the early memes. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to call them, like refrigerator 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 memes. memes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. One of the things that, that we kind of tie into this idea of the heart um, is what can be an equally nebulous concept and that's the concept of discernment. Um, this idea of like – so Paul, I- I'm going to ask you when I say that word discernment with all of your evangelical baggage, yeah. what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think it's spiritual gifts tests, oh yeah, that's what I think of, like did yeah. you have
1: the gift of discernment oh yes and and that to me it 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 was adjacent to demons, angels, mm. spiritual warfare, right. that kind of stuff, right, and um not not what maybe now I think of as simply just questioning, yeah, do you interrogate that? that feeling. Yeah. Those thoughts. Right. Do you go, do you put them through some sort of process mm. in your mind? Um, that's a sort of fascinating. thing. Here's a, here's a little tangent, but I'll come back to, I think there was less of a distinction in ancient uh, Hebrew writing between the mind and the heart. Mm. Um, there was this sent There is this idea of a center of a person mm. being in, in their heart. But right. I mean, this weren't they didn't have science the way we know about it they didn't understand the bodies the way we know now yeah. they didn't know where a heart was necessarily right. other than the fact that um that it it was there was this center of a person yeah and um i find that really important when i'm thinking when i'm talking about the heart often what i'm talking about is habits and practices of my mind sure that uh, are directing me right And my emotions are part of it, but my emotions are part of my mind. Sure. Um. So it's, you know, even when we think when we when we use terms like having a broken heart, right? You know, where it was like, wait a minute, a pulmonary thing? Like, is that my doctor telling (laughs) me my heart is broken? You know, and it was like, and I should cool it with the donuts, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Or it's my broken heart because you know Brian told me he didn't love me, so.
0: You well know, you did you say that the,
1: before we turned on these mics uh,
0: we were it was in the heat of the moment, and i was i was just i was upset, Paul, you know that i love you him. know you were upset you i maybe I was, but you know what I'm over it now, Paul well, I'm over it too, and i I forgive you
1: <laughs> <laughs> and scene and
0: scene um yeah i you know and I think that maybe maybe a better better term we could use for heart as, as it pertains to, the, to this discussion is sort of like your gut like you know mm. trusting mm-hmm. your gut yeah. um, I think about um, a, uh, a an icon that I've seen by a, a Ukrainian iconographer uh, about the, the story of the road to Emmaus and you have these two characters um, who are who are walking along a road and, and they're encountering Jesus. And uh, it's it's a somewhat abstract uh, painting, um, but there on on two of the characters, the the ones that are that are the ones that are encountering Jesus, there's this red like, slash or stripe that goes, like, right through the center of them. Um, and, you know, if you're familiar with the story of the, you know, these these people on the road to Emmaus, one of the things that they say as they realize that they have just encountered Jesus is, didn't our hearts burn within us as, he, you know, as he spoke to us and, and revealed to us things about the Scripture? And, and I think like they say their hearts, but this sort of red slash goes across their guts, you know, like didn't didn't our guts, like didn't we know like somewhere deep down in our gut that this was actually true, that this was actually the person that we were encountering. And, and to me, that's not to take too many turns here, but that's one of the the roots of discernment, I think, is is not this like whether or not we can see, you know, see demons or whether or not we actually hear the voice of God saying to us like – Today you should take you know Kipling instead of Wadsworth. You know it's like, um, uh, <laughs> now you know which route I take to get, <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to, A get to special this deep cut for it's, those yeah, metro di- for those Denver who live metro in the people. Denver metro area. <laughs> um, should I stay off I twenty five and take the back roads? Um, answer is almost always yes. yes. Um, so you know it's it's about you know. Not necessarily about these like, you know, very deeply supernatural things, but it can be a very simple process of simply taking decisions that we feel like we need to make and holding them in the light and and taking the things that we learn in that that time that we've done and, and the time that we continue to do, allowing God to work in our souls and remind us of who we are and then taking those decisions that need to be made and holding them in the light And saying, you know, maybe I can't trust my heart or maybe I can't trust my gut, but I'm going to trust you, God, with my gut. I'm going to trust you with this decision. And sometimes it's not going to be, you know, like a super clear, yes, you should go left or you should go right. Sometimes it's just, thank you for holding that in the light. Let me know what you are going to do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and in that way, like discernment can sometimes be frustrating. It can sometimes be, you know, like we've said before, very nebulous and very like there's an art to it. But it's really about stopping and taking the time and listening to to yeah. how you're being led. Um and and instead of you trusting just your heart, yeah. trusting God with your heart. And
1: Gosh, I will say, and this just just jumped into my mind that um, this idea of discernment, I'm just realizing in our time and place right now is incredibly unpopular Mm. because everything is moving so fast and we're having to make really complex choices. Mm -hmm. And what we do instead of discernment is we stick with whatever we felt was safe before Mm. and we don't have to think about it. So. You are I think, if you really submit to the process of discernment, you probably are gonna make some people mad yeah. um because you're gonna start at you're gonna they're gonna be want they're gonna look for alibis mm-hmm. for whatever is happening mm-hmm. um and and I see this um on. Regardless of which political opinion you you sway to or social opinion you're you're a part of, there there's a fundamentalism that lurks on either side mm-hmm. that says um, you got to hold the party line. That uh, you know people on people in in your church is like like. Don't ask those questions about gender and sexuality. Right. Don't ask those questions about race and stuff like that. And you also have people outside of the church and a fundamentalism on the other side, which are like, um, don't hesitate. Right. Uh, just go along with it. Mm -hmm. If you, if you raise your hand and you ask a question that is perceived as violence, right, it is perceived as oppressiveness, you know, um, and There is fear on either side of those things Mm -hmm. that is trying to use intimidation to keep you from a process of discernment. And that's why this idea of your heart Mm -hmm. is really um, essential to life because it could really uh, carry you off course um, if you're not willing to be courageous enough to start this process of discernment, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Well, and I think it's also very—is um, it anathema, antithetical? I don't know. It's an, its anti-something um, to just the pace at which churches yes. operate. And I know that we this is a, a drum that we are going to beat forever, um, because you know there there often isn't time for you to slow down. And and take those decisions that need to be made and hold them in the light. We got to get shit done. We got we got to get it. We got to get this done. Sunday's yeah. coming. Um. And 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 we just have to keep going. We have to keep the machine running, and it has to run fast and it has to run smooth. And anything that 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 hits the brakes and says like, whoa whoa whoa, let's let's take some time and decide about this. Um. And 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 actually not not just decide for ourselves, but but actually invite the Holy Spirit into this process right. of making this decision, um, is, 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 you know, that's, we can't slow down. Yeah. We, we got to keep going. So we're just going to trust that, that the Holy Spirit is just working in you at this pace. And, you know, and if not like, well, we'll deal with the consequences later. Yeah. And usually those consequences are burned out ministers, you know, church scandals, you know, all kinds of moral failings, all that kind of stuff. Like those are the consequences usually of not slowing down and holding, yeah. these, holding these decisions in the light. Or I think almost even more tragic is a, a life that goes
1: on disconnected from your heart without scandal, mm. that it just dries up mm. slowly and you don't. Either, either you go and you push yourself into these sort of automatic ways of behaving and relating right. to the world around you, right. and 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 you're shutting off. Right. That's a sort of this awful part. You, you know, we talk about guard your heart, and I, I hear that often from the lens of the Christian upbringing that I came from, which was that um, sort of this isolationist approach of like there's so much bad in the world you've got to guard and protect your heart so nothing can get in there mm-hmm. and then it shuts it down completely mm. you know it it makes it a dead heart a right. dead heart a dead heart is one that doesn't feel doesn't pump blood doesn't right. like doesn't <laughs> all right. that stuff yeah. you know and um that can also happen mm-hmm. if uh, even if you know I think I've, you know, we've been in ministry for so long. We always make these, uh, and we, we make mistakes all the time. And I keep going like, oh man, at what point is somebody going to pull this, this card on me and say, you're a fraud, you know, and you're, and you don't really believe all this and you don't know this kind of stuff. And it's this, there's a scandal waiting Mm -hmm. behind every door. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the, the fear that just, uh, in many ways um, keeps me from engaging my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my ministry and my life. Oh, you yeah. know, it's not just ministry, it's, it's life in general yeah. and that's what we're talking about with the life of the creative.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to open myself up to anyone yeah. and, and I I'm feeling that pressure in this day and age mm-hmm. as well like what am I what am I going to say wrong today? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What am I Mm going to say that's going to offend somebody today? Like, did I, you know, did I sing, did I, did I use too many of, you know, one kind of pronoun when I sang this song? And I mean, this has been happening for a long time. Like this has has been, like, I, I remember leading worship back at CCU and, you know, us getting comments about like, well, you're, you're using too many personal pronouns in the worship songs like uh-huh. you uh-huh. know yeah, yeah it's it's too uh-huh. much i and it's too much you know me <laughs> and all this kind of stuff and and of course you know the you know, the 19, 20 year old worship leader, me, who was like, Yeah, well, maybe you should read the Psalms. Count how many times David says, I, you yeah. know, it's like, I get it. But like, you want to talk about the pronoun argument, like going all the way back to, you know, this is, we're, we're taking this way, way back. You well, know?
1: And and, think, no kidding. <laughs> like, I mean, God was addressing the pronoun argument when he talked to Moses in the burning bush. Right. Right. <laughs> so was he like, was like, who, who do I say that you are? I
0: am. I am. Oh crap. <laughs> How do I deal with an I am? <laughs> How do I deal with an I am? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's there's always this, like this, there's this ever present fear in me that like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say or do something wrong. Um, but again, it comes back to like it, it, as long as we are as long as we are submitting our heart and those decisions that we make to to Christ and to the Holy Spirit and and inviting him into this, this space to, to help us figure out which way we should move and what words we should say and, and how we should operate in these ways. I'm not going to say that fear goes away entirely, um, but over time, it definitely lessens because we're not – we're not constantly hiding behind this, this wall that we've built around our hearts, you know, this, this wall of whether it's a wall of doctrine or a wall of, you know, of, of protection or a wall of shame or whatever that wall is that we've, that we've surrounded our heart with that is, you know, that we think is protecting it but is ultimately just causing it to die the more that we that we take those fears and we take those those decisions and and those things that we're wondering about and hold them in the light um, the the more it, it starts to strip away that that yeah. wall it starts to break that down um, and you know like i said it's not these aren't, these aren't, it's not like, you know, tomorrow you're going to wake up and be like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Like, right. and, and everything's going to be better. No, this is a lifelong process. Unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately because it actually is it can be a very beautiful and it's life-giving on the way. It's life-giving on yeah. the way. It's not this thing that we're like, man, I can't wait till I arrive at this place and then I can get life, yeah. you know. <laughs> like God is with us presently giving us life, yeah. helping us in these decisions that we need to make. Yeah. Um that's the that's something that I and we've talked about this
1: about the green room in the in the past where it's like everybody who has some sort of coaching platform uh-huh. or product to offer or something like that that we are using to try and fundraise for our ministry. right? You know, they are promising that you take these things, you you apply this particular philosophy or strategy, Mm -hmm. and within a short amount of time, you're going to be able to get these results. Right. And within the green room, we're just saying like, actually, it's the opposite. You're going to see, once you get started, how long this is going to take. Yeah. How hard this is. Right. And, it's it doesn't mean it's not worth doing it's actually worth doing right it just requires community Mm -hmm. it requires vulnerability Mm -hmm. and we are just creating another space in the world Mm -hmm. for you to practice these things that you know you should be practicing right and that is you haven't it's not like you haven't heard this before it's just you've we're just creating a space for you to to uh, process and practice. Right. It's a gym, right. you know, it's another gym right. that you can go to, but a gym is only as good as your effort into it. Right. right? Absolutely. So, um, but, but a- along those lines, what is it that we can do? How, how you know, safe f- is a green room. It's, it's the, it's the third pillar, second pillar. It's the, Heart, second, it's pillar. the second pillar. Yeah. It's the second pillar. And, um, what is, what are the things then uh, let's make it practical. What mm-hmm. what can we do to begin to move our heart towards the direction of health, um, towards the direction of being, you know, more whole right. um, and less
0: anxious about all these different areas? Yeah, uh, I think one of the one of the first steps, and this is this is a difficult one for me to take, um, but one of the one of the very first things that you can do. And again, I don't want to turn this into like, here's what you do. And if you do this, you know, you can check that box and everything's going to be great. Um, one of the things that you can practice, I'll say it that way, um, mm-hmm. is, is an intentional rhythm of silence and listening. Yeah. Um, we, I don't want to say we, cause maybe this isn't you. I know for me, mm-hmm. I get so caught up. My, my world is noise my whole world just feels like noise yeah. all the time and i realized something actually just the other night is that i have become so dependent on that noise yeah. as a place to sort of hide um that that i i don't know what to do without it i you know my my wife travels for work a lot um and and so you know on those you know those nights when she's when she's gone like i find myself you know, I'll I'll go to sleep, you know, with – I'll put music on my phone or I'll put my laptop in the bed next to me and turn on a movie that I've seen 50 times, you know, so that I, I just need – I need some something distracting me from the thoughts that are in my head, Bingo. you know, yeah. that, that keep me awake. And right so there. like if I can watch this, you know, if I can watch A Knight's Tale for the hundredth time, like I know that those voices of, you know, of Heath Ledger and, and you know – the those voices are going to drown out the voices that are in my head mm-hmm. saying like and and they're not all bad voices like we we've yeah, all yeah. seen the memes right? of like you know you're trying to go to sleep and your brain is saying like hey remember that that thing that you did in third grade that embarrassed you so much yeah. you know it's like i have those too but but there's also those voices yeah. that those those reminders of like hey we really need to think about this and we really need to rem- we we need to we need to figure out something to do about this yeah. I don't want to think about that either. So, so, you know, I'll turn on Batman Begins and Christian Bale will, you know, sing me off to sleep and, and I won't have to think about it again for the, you know, until I have to go to bed the next night. And then it's, well, turn on what movie is it tonight? You know? And so I, I have gotten, even, even when I do have my, you know, quote unquote quiet time um, where I'm trying to wind down at the end of the day. It's a constant temptation as I sit in my studio to not you know turn on some music or or turn on something that's just in the background you know just to, just to sort of like okay i'll i'm gonna I'm gonna let this conversation happen, but it's like when you have a deep conversation with somebody in a really loud restaurant like yep. it's not you're you're never gonna get to that level of yeah. depth that you need to get to, and so I'm having to force myself force. I'm trying to get myself back into a practice of yeah. intentionally turning off everything yeah. and not, you know, not praying anything, yeah. not asking for anything, just sitting in silence. Yeah. And 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 allowing whatever thoughts need to be kicked out to be kicked out, yeah. you know. And and it's hard and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> and, I think
1: absolutely. I a friend of mine, our, our artist, uh, friend of both of ours, John uh, Mayakowski, He when we were having uh, coffee oh, uh, a couple months ago, and he asked me a question. Just felt so nailed by. He was like, "What is your space for emptiness?" Mm. And I was like. I didn't have a good answer. I had talked a lot about, oh, good practices or things that I was trying to do. And, you know, you know, listener, what (laughs) you've what you've been cultivating as these things that you can bring up when somebody says, Hey, how are, or, you know, mm-hmm. we did actually say that that was a term in Christian culture, which was like, how's your heart? How's your heart? You know, Hey all brother, that guy. Hey, hey, brother. How's, how's your heart? heart? <laughs> oh man, made me want to punch somebody in the throat. <laughs> um, anyway, but um, allow me to show you, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but the, um, the ways in which we, I I do all of my avoidance of s- sticking in there, listening, um, hearing, feeling, just what I need to in in spaces of emptiness. Um, that's so counterintuitive, counterlogical to me in our in our society to allow that space to happen. And I do think it is very healing for the heart. Hmm. Um, I think that. Um, <sighs> yeah it's uh, for me in moments of when I'm running or um but I'm still really bad at just sitting. Mm. you know, I tried meditating for a little while and letting that happen, but that again, it's like excruciating silence and stillness mm. and um, but it doesn't matter how much you can give into those moments, two minutes, five minutes, whatever, mm-hmm. to make yourself sit, breathe recognize if you're feeling something, mm-hmm. um, let it happen and then let it go. Yeah. Um, and then just stop. Just, it's more of a matter of like, um, sort of times at the bat or something like that. You know, sure. it's being, it's sort of the rep- repetition that you begin to see and feel that it, it starts to make, um, an improvement or, or, or you feel more connected, um, to your heart. Um, and, and, and maybe even a little bit more open to the ways in which um god is telling a story mm. about you to you mm. and that that you've blocked yourself from with noise
0: yeah
1: and um and maybe you were trying to block yourself and you didn't realize it from really good things yeah really beautiful things um yeah. and love
0: I, I I love what you said. Maybe God is trying to tell a story about you to you. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that hit me right mm-hmm. in the feels. Um, and there's there's a reason that these things are called practices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they they don't come easily. They are things that need to be practiced. That yeah. need to be done. You know, on on a on a consistent basis. You know, I um you know. I, I used to be a runner. Uh, I ran cross country in high school, mm-hmm. um, and I have not done any running for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to go out, you know, right now and say, like, "Okay, I'm going to go run five miles," uh-huh. yeah, and like I'm, I'm going to fail. Yeah, if not die. Now I'm not saying that entering <laughs> into a process of learning how to discern what the Holy Spirit is telling you and where he's leading you, um, is going to kill you. I'm not saying that. Um, but it's, it's not easy. It, it, it takes, it may start with like, okay, I, for right now, I'm going to try two minutes of complete silence mm-hmm and and those two minutes, like like you just said, like they're going to be excruciating, mm-hmm. especially the more dependent you have become on noise. Mm-hmm. But like now, you know, two minutes tomorrow, I'm going to try. Two minutes and fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not even going to jump another. I'm not going to jump right. a whole yeah. minute. Like uh-huh. I'm talking, like we're like incremental, incremental. like increasing these things, um, and, and it, it it really does help. It really does get you into this posture of actually listening, and that's the other thing. Like you can have the silence, but the other thing is the listening, uh, um, and, and actually being able to to hear. Whatever it is, those, you know, the thoughts that are that are being kicked out or whatever that is, it may be the voice of God. It may just be your own, you know, your own self, just sort of like kicking out things that you've experienced over the course of the day. But but take some time to listen to those things yeah. and then take those things that you've heard and hold those in the light yeah. and say like, okay, what what out of all of this do I feel like is consistent with – who God has made me to be and who I believe God to be and what's not. And I'll take the things that are not, and I'm going to cast those aside. And then I'm going to start to sort through these things that are consistent with, with who I believe God is and who I believe God says I am. Um, And so, but it it starts with that process of silence and listening. Um, I think that another good rhythm to get into is taking some time and it's it's closer related to silence, but um but just taking getting into a rhythm of of personal worship. Um we w- as worship leaders, we are, you know, we're we're up in front of people all the time. Yeah. In and leading and and experiencing corporate worship. And that's that's great, but it's it's a poor substitute for you in a room experiencing god's presence for yourself and and that sounds selfish to say it sounds weird it can be not quite as awkward as just sitting in silence but it can still be awkward um, but i'm I'm a firm believer that um, that that time that you take to to worship um, and, and to experience the presence of God on your own is uh you know we've talked a lot about engines um, that's a great engine. Uh, for or at least great fuel for um, for your corporate worship experiences. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think I think the last thing that that comes to mind when it when it comes to um, practices that really um, strengthen your heart and make you have a healthy heart. Actually, it's really it sounds so trite, but it is actually friendships, mm. friendships that don't have anything to do with your work um, friends that, that aren't in some ways related to, um, ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, that I, I know being an adult and especially being a male adult, friends are hard, Mm -hmm. hard to come by. And we don't know what to do with just like friends that we're not. Um, and I know that it's, that it's true that, that loneliness, it's not just me saying this It is an epidemic in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many people who don't know how to make friends, um, don't know how to be friends. And because it's awkward, because it is, um, because there's a lot of fear and a lot of risk involved too, we don't want to take the chance. It's it's vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. We don't like vulnerability. But vulnerability is like, cardio for your heart mm-hmm. like 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 your heart and um this in the way that we're saying like in the spiritual way of your heart um vulnerability is so important mm-hmm. put yourselves in to genuine vulnerability not the curated vulnerability we have learned because we are pastors and ministers right we've developed that kind of skill with authenticity that can mask um a true self. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I I think having good friendships, um, being part of that, um, one or two people that just, you know, they have no skin in the game when it comes to you being successful or not. Right. You know, they just like you because you're you. Yeah. You know, that's,
0: that's huge. That's, that's the only, yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that they, uh, you know, the only skin that they have in that game yeah. is yeah. is their their love and their care for you as a human being yeah. and as a follower of Christ and as a, maybe not even as a follower of Christ, just you as a human being. Just a being. Yeah. And they have your best interest in mind yeah. um, and you theirs. Like it, yeah. it, it needs to be a two-way street. and And the thing is, is, you know, when we talk about th- that process of discernment, sometimes trying to hold those things in the light in community Mm -hmm. with those Mm -hmm. people, it can be extremely valuable. Um, and so don't, don't ever discount the power of, of being in, in close community with, um, with people that you trust, with people that you love and people who trust you and love you. And I know that's, that's easier said than done if you don't have it, like Paul said. Um, but it's, it's worth, it's worth taking those steps to make that happen. Um, And so, um, so I don't what else, Paul?
1: That's, that's kind of, I feel like we've covered the heart. We've We've, just kind of like put a lid on it. We've said the final word on heart health. This is the definitive definitive podcast on the heart. That's true. Uh, I feel like I, I do think I, I don't usually like lean in this direction, but, um, but I do today, which is, I do think. We can offer our hearts to God Mm -hmm. that whatever that, however you want to use that metaphor or, or visualize that, what does it mean for you to really kind of surrender? Um, Those are whatever words that don't have the same sort of trigger for you wherever from wherever you come from you know i would imagine most people who are listening to chasing sunday they they've been christians maybe for a while and they've heard a lot of it and they've been burned by it they've been or they're just trying to find their way back but i would invite you what does it mean for for you to hear um there's a passage it's actually ezekiel 36 26 i just want to read it and and I want you to use your imagination and maybe even allow yourself to feel that level of desire to want this for you. And I think that might be a good way of, of wrapping up. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Um, here is that passage. It is Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, as God is is talking to the people of Israel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I love that. I love it. Mm. It's like, I will remove your heart of stone. Mm. And we don't want to admit sometimes, but like how calcified our hearts are because of mm. disappointment and because of fear and because of it's been broken. Mm-hmm. Um and what I think God is saying is like, I want you to have this heart that beats, a heart that can be hurt again, mm-hmm. a heart that can love again. And I, I want to um, remove from you the the lies that um, uh, you can have a heart that won't be broken. You will have a heart and it will be broken. And in order to love, it's going to hurt. I'm sorry, but that is really the truth of your heart. But loving is better. Uh-huh. A heart that is loving is better. A heart that, that is loving can give you joy. A heart of stone can't give you joy. It can't it can't feel anything. And so um, even right now as you're listening to it, whatever that looks like, whatever your imagination goes to, what does it mean for you to receive that gift? Um, given the fact that it's actually a, a real gift actually no strings attached it's just the the thing it doesn't you don't even have to believe it to receive it you know you can just uh use your imagination <laughs> and uh and i think that's uh that's kind of the where i would uh, my my best benediction for you my best hope for you um as as we continue to to progress through the the green room here <laughs>
0: Well, you made me cry, and uh, and I just I I'm, I'm sitting here a, across the table, and I'm just thank you. Like I'm so grateful mm-hmm. um, for your heart mm-hmm. um, and the way that you allow God to lead your heart. Um, and I'm grateful that we get to do this. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm yeah. So thank, thank you, you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Love um, you. Love you. Um, thank you for listening um, and uh, for for tuning into to the Chasing Sunday podcast. It feels so weird to like, now let's do the, let's do the outro commercial (laughs) and and all of that. But, um, Chasing Sunday is a production of Torn Curtain Arts. Um, we are a a small nonprofit that seeks to strengthen the creative soul of the local church. Um, things like the Chasing Sunday podcast and, and the green room are all made possible, uh, by your, uh, your generous donations, uh, to Torn Curtain. We're a 501c3. So all of your gifts are tax deductible. Uh, you can go to TornCurtainArts.org org/donate to figure out uh, how how to give and, and how to support uh, what we are uh, what we're doing both through um, this podcast through the green room through uh, through so many other things that we do um, yeah uh, so thank you very much for listening uh, I'm gonna make a a, a quick little um, message to our producer Danny Burton and tell him that if the outro music is anything other than My Heart Will Go On from the Titanic soundtrack I will be sorely disappointed so uh, for now thank you so much for listening until next time I'm Brian Davis I'm Paul McLevitt and thank you for listening we'll see you next time
1: Chasing Sunday is a production of Torn Curtain Arts and distributed by Resonate Media. Your hosts are Brian Davis and Paul RomagLevitt, with editing and mixing by Danny Burton. Torn Curtain Arts is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and your tax-deductible gifts make our work possible. For more information about TCA and to partner with us in our ongoing work, visit torncurtainarts.org.